Good morning. Um, we are here live for Mondays with Marketing. Today is Monday, March 14th. I'm Jake Harmon. I am joined uh, today by Yesenia Gonzalez, who is our agent marketing specialist out of the Escondido office. Unmute her. Oh, yeah. sorry, I was muted. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yes, I am the marketing specialist based in the Escondido office. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I know you were supposed to be the guest last week and then just scheduling conflicts made it to where we had to postpone for this week. So thank you for um, not only our agents and everyone else uh, who may be watching this on the public channels um, for your patience, but um, yeah, we really appreciate the support. So let's kind of dive in. This week, we're going to be talking about clever uh, marketing ideas for 2022. Uh, these are hopefully going to be things that we think you can implement pretty much immediately into your marketing strategies uh, to help you as we get start or further along into 2022. I know we're a couple months in, uh, but as we approach the end of Q1, we want to make sure that you guys are set up for um, you know a solid quarter two, three, and four. So let's go ahead and add this. We have a very basic uh, slideshow for you today. Please uh, <laughs> give Yesenia a round of applause for the um, high end. Like this is state of the art uh, slideshow creation. Okay. Um, yes. Colors. Very high lots end. Lots of colors. Lots of everything. Of course. Anyway, so our first kind of topic number one: um, market towards unconventional buyers. What does an unconventional buyer mean in 2022? We're not necessarily talking about like you know. Um, just random people you might go to off to the side. We're talking mainly about younger people right now. Um, hi, April. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, we're talking about uh, people, honestly, who are in situations similar to myself, possibly even Yesenia, where we can't afford houses in this market on our own, but we're more likely to go in on a place with groups of friends. Um, so a lot of, you know, like el even elder millennials, which unfortunately I think I fall into that category, um, <laughs> where we live in situations where we have two, three, four, in my case, five roommates in like a large house that we rent. Um, and if you're able to kind of work on some of these uh, people to get them maybe to go in on a house to purchase together, that might be a good angle for you in 2022. What do you think, Yesenia? I agree. I think definitely it's something that a lot of people don't consider. A lot of agents don't, but there's, you know, Jake and I are millennials and I have so many friends who their top priority right now, because like Jake mentioned, they don't have the resources to really get a house on their home on their own right now. And a lot of them are kind of single or just, you know, whatever the situation may be, they really prioritize getting a home with a group of friends. I think it's a lot of like their best option right now. Um, so we see a lot of those people looking for people to, you know, buy a house with or rent a house with whatnot on Facebook groups. I think that's a very, very great platform that the majority of millennials and even older Gen Zs are kind of looking um, to find roommates and whatnot. So that's definitely something that a lot of agents should consider. Yeah, you know, if you go to these groups and you see a lot of people looking for places to rent, um, for us, it's like not necessarily a matter of like, oh, we can't afford to spend, you know, $1,800 or $2,000 a month in rent or, you know, to pay a $2,000 mortgage. For the most part, it's just that we don't want to. Uh, 
Like, I, I know I can't necessarily speak for you, Yessie, but I feel like myself, I would be comfortable paying a much higher amount of rent than I am now. Maybe even if I can figure out a very low monthly mortgage. But, <coughs> excuse me, the fact is, I want to be able to do other things. And that's what most younger people these days are wanting to do. We want to travel. We want to be able to, you know, go home to visit family or go experience uh, new things in other countries. And the way that the current economy is, it's we're not able to do that um, without or we're not able to do that if we're paying, you know, skyrocketing mortgages or anything like that. Um, got a quick comment. April Wilhelm, our wonderful marketing director here, uh, mentions it's the best way to educate and speak um, at millennials to show we are an authority. Yeah. So as an agent, um, it'll help like a lot of younger people in general, definitely millennials, maybe I think Gen Z starting to get to the age where they're probably going to want to start buying things eventually. Um, we're not like, I don't want to say we're intimidated by, you know, things like real estate agents or, you know, car salesmen or anything like that. But the fact is that uh, a lot of the younger people don't know a lot about what they're getting into. So if you're able to show that you're an authority and if you're able to connect with millennials in that way, it's going to help just make them feel better and more likely to work with you when they are ready to buy. Definitely. I agree. I think it's a matter of just also educating. I think a lot of agents think millennials aren't open to or, you know, and Gen Z's that they're not open to the idea of, you know, investing in a home or whatnot. But like Jake mentioned, I like um, I agree a lot of millennials and Gen Z's. They're very an adventurous generation. And we are, you know, we want to spend our money in the very best ways possible. And, you know, if that includes, you know, having roommates or whatnot, I think marketing towards them and educating them and like april mentioned you know showing ourselves as an you know an authority that we can also appeal to and kind of you know just educate in a positive way i think that's great um facebook groups highly highly recommend yeah um before we jump into the next uh, suggestion i do want to say uh, point out you know just as april commented on i believe that was through facebook um and she even commented on linkedin uh, feel free to leave comments on the post so that way we can answer any questions you do have. Um, I do recommend there's a little link at the top of the post that says click this to give StreamYard permission to see your name. Um, this allows us to see who's asking the question and for your picture to pop up when we do share your comment live. Okay. So next little brief topic here, uh, run contests, polls, Q&As, and live streams. Jesse, can you give us more on this? Yes. So the people are still trying to figure out the Instagram and Facebook algorithm. But one thing we've definitely found and Instagram itself has even recommended is if you run polls, Q&As, um, whatnot, if you get very active and you start using a lot of the features that Instagram has to offer, you will get boosted in the algorithm. Same with Facebook. Facebook and Instagram, um, and Instagram, you know, they have the same kind of features on both stories. Um, so if you use the features that they are offering you, it's, you know, you face Facebook and Instagram will see, well, this person's very active. This user is having a lot of interaction with a lot of users. Let's boost their content on the algorithm. Um, so polls, Q and A's, um, you know, running live streams, it's a great way. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah. And what, what would be some like best advice that you would give uh, for users uh, or agents really when they're looking to create their live streams and how they can kind of promote those? 
Um, yeah, so I definitely, a lot of people, what they do is you can even ask kind of like, you know, for example, Mondays with marketing, what do you guys want us to talk about? What topics, what questions do you have? Insert your questions, you know, kind of create polls when it comes to before a live stream and kind of ask people what topics they are interested in, what they want to hear you talk about. And then that these people are basically creating your content for you. They're creating your content outline for you. And that gives you such a head start when you're creating a live stream. If you don't know what to talk about, people just told you what they want to hear from you. Yeah. And I mean, that's great advice on there. You could even like, if you're posting stuff and you're seeing or other people are like leaving comments, um, even if it's not a question, but they're just leaving comments on your pictures or whatever you're posting about, you could take that and turn that into questions that you may want to use in a live stream. Um, another great you know way or uh, thing to point out, I know you mentioned that people were still really trying to figure out the Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, just all the different algorithms that are out there. One thing that's super clear, and I've been uh, trying to make it a point to mention this when I'm talking with agents, when I'm talking with a group of people about this, is that right now, like Facebook and Instagram specifically, they are um, prioritizing video, whether it's live, whether it's a reel, whether it's something posted in a story, those are the things they're prioritizing. I cannot tell you how many people, like when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see the same like five or six people's posts on their thing. But when I'm up on stories or anything like that, that's where I see like other people that I follow finally. Yes, definitely. Going back to what you mentioned about video content, um, that's this recent feature that Instagram, Instagram is always working on. And you can obviously also upload reels onto um, Facebook. But if you kind of look at what their Instagram and Facebook are always boosting, it tends to be reels and video content. Um, and they're always seem to be updating and adding new features to those, um, even including stories. You can now like people's stories. Um, so Definitely Instagram loves when you kind of are just, you know, loving their new features and you're taking advantage of them. They'll definitely take that in mind when, you know, you're posting stuff um, and they'll boost you in the algorithm. So definitely video content is a great way to take advantage of and just kind of monitor the trends, see what's going on, what everyone's doing, and just definitely use that to your advantage. Yeah, you know, I really like uh, the fact that Instagram is starting to allow you to actually like people's stories because you see it all mm -hmm. the time. And this could be something that, you know, many real estate agents uh, who are trying to put stories out there may see is people may be watching your stories. Like you may see a decent amount of views, but there's no interaction on it because a lot of times, um, you know, you'll be going through and you'll want to comment on it. But maybe you're like, oh, like, I don't want to seem dumb to this person who's like yeah. really smart or like the reactions that it allows you to do. Like you don't want to do any of those because there's like five reactions that you could send yeah. and then when they open it, it just like scatters down. But the new like feature makes it just so easy to click that little heart in the bottom right and then move on. And then that helps tell the person who's posting it that, okay, their content is resonating. I need to do more of this content. Yes, I agree. And if you also look at like whoever is liking your story, they get their basically their little profile icon gets all the way to the top of your viewer list. Um, so it's a great way to kind of see who's engaging and who's not. And like what you mentioned, who's who is resonating resonating with the type of content that you're putting out. And I think it's just a great way to engage with people. Yep. 
Uh, real quick, I want to go back to the last one because we did have a comment posted um, mentioning this could be a problem if one or two of the or three of the friends needs to move for a job or a relationship. Um, that's absolutely right. That is something that um, could need to be navigated. The way I would look at that, like in, in my own current situation, you know, I have a friend who I've lived with now for the last three years. We've been in two different, we've rented two different houses together. And we're at a point where we're both getting older in our lives and know that, you know, we're prioritizing, you know, things I mentioned before, like travel, like uh, enjoying time with family and stuff like that, that instead of, you know, purchasing a house, we've decided that, you know, if we live together for the next five, six years, that's just what we're going to do. It's what we have to do in California, really. Um, I would look at it more as um, it could be a problem in the future, yes, but it's kind of more of a problem that I think if you educate your clients on and then they kind of can make those educated decisions on their own in the future, whether or not they want to buy one of the other person out, whether they want to sublet, whatever they kind of want to do. I think it's just one of those matters that um, as agents, you know, it's kind of um, the job to really just make sure your clients are comfortable and know exactly what they're getting into so they can make those educated decisions. So whether or not even say in the beginning, maybe it's uh, you target these kind of clients to help them find a perfect rental that they can stay in for the next couple of years. And then when each individual is ready to move out and buy on their own, then they're going to be that much more likely to go to you when they want to buy their next home. I think, that, does that make sense, Jesse? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, yes. I call myself an agent specialist, <laughs> uh, person, but I feel like that could be, you know, an angle to take on it. No, I definitely, I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, I think people in general are always navigating through different journeys in life. And you're, if you're able to educate them when they're po really not able to purchase a home on their own. But let's say a couple of years down the line, they're extremely financially stable and, you know, they got married or whatnot, they're going to go to you. They're going to say, this real estate agent has really educated me throughout the years. Um, and they've always just kind of been there. I'm ready to buy a home on my own. You'll be there and you'll be their first point of contact. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that comment. Uh, I'm not sure who posted it. Um, just not telling me who, but thank you for bringing <laughs> that up. I think that's very important. Um, so moving back ahead, um, mobile friendly websites. So this is something that one, uh, the We Marketing Agency, myself, Yessi, uh, we also have David, Melissa, April, and Sandy. God, I'm not forgetting anyone right now. I went down the terrible rabbit hole of naming names. Um, we can help with this kind of stuff. You know, when you when you become a Windermere agent, you automatically get a website. And then if you want some customization, you can reach out to marketing. There's different packages and different things we could put together for you on that end. But um, Mobile friendly is incredibly important. As we noted here on the slide, the majority of users now are accessing websites through mobile devices. I mean, I I do pretty much bring my laptop with me kind of everywhere between home and work. Um, but I mean, even today so far, like I'm sitting in front of my office computer, but there's probably about eight or 10 things that I've just quickly grabbed my phone to Google instead of searching, you know, where I have it on here. Yes. And um, I think everyone accesses um, websites through their phone and through social media. So if you ever come across someone's social media profile on whatever social platform that may be, um, I am for me, I, for example, 
if I see someone's link, their website link, I'm going to click on it if I come across their social media. So if you link your website on your social media page, whether it be in your bio or whatnot, people are going to click on it and, you know, they're just going to access your website through their phone. It's just far more likely. Um, so highly recommend optimizing your website. We have an amazing marketing team that, you know, specializes in that. So if you guys ever need guidance with that, we can definitely do that. Absolutely. Uh and yes, again, this helps with SEO, your Google search results, uh, decreases bounce rates. Um, the goal is to get people where they want to be. And ideally, that's your own website. Um, so anything you know, we can help with to make it to if you're not seeing the search results that you want, um, which ideally should be in the first page, um, then you know, we could definitely help with that. Um, there is a question uh, asking, um, are hashtags good to use? Um, if you are, uh, if you can still post a comment on there, um, are you meaning to post hashtags like into your website or with use on your own social media? They asked another question. They mentioned, how do you link your website to your social media page? So I can answer the first question. Um, are hashtags good to use? When it comes to social media, any social media platform, specifically um, Instagram, Facebook, and um, Twitter, um, they mention on any page, on any post. Yeah, so hashtags are great to use on social media. Um, even TikTok. Hashtags are always amazing to use. Um, I think you definitely have to tailor them to the content that you're putting out and to your industry. Um, but definitely hashtags are amazing. They're an amazing way to put your content out, to, out there to, um, you know, a wide range of users. It's, I would suggest researching the hashtags you use so you can get them to the best type of audience in your target audience. Yeah, and you know, my advice, you know, it's kind of interesting that this is brought up because so in a, there, I, I work with a nonprofit um, that deals with education. And one of the biggest complaints they've been having lately is that they're just not getting the growth that they want to see as an organization. Um, this is not even their social media, just as an organization. And when I was talking with them, this was probably about a month ago, I was having a chat with um, the president of their organization. And I kind of said, I think it's your marketing. It's, you know, the hashtags you're using, stuff like this. And when I no looked over this last weekend at just some stuff they were posting, they were using hashtags that were very specific to them that the only way someone would come across that post is if they were searching for that specific organization and that hashtag, which is not really the way you want to go. Um, like for, for real estate, like, you know, so using something like hashtag San Diego real estate would be a great thing to do or hashtag um, luxury real estate, something like that to where it's going to show and they don't have to find something specifically to you. Now, if you did hashtag Yesenia Gonzalez real estate, that's really not going to help resonate right away. Um, it may eventually catch on as users get people get to know you specifically, but then they're not going to be searching for your hashtags. They're going to be looking for your own pages, right? Yes, I completely agree. It's always great to put yourself in the position of your target audience and kind of get in their mind and their shoes. What would they be researching? Um, what would they be typing in that search bar if they were looking for a real estate agent? Um, so yeah, a lot of mistakes I see real estate agents do is that they put in like hashtags that another real estate agent would type in or, you know, even a brokerage or whatnot. So you definitely want to consider what your target audience would research. 
And, but I think it's a great way. I highly suggest using hashtags. They can work amazingly well. Um, and then I have the question, how do you link your website to your social media page? So on any platform, most platforms, you can add your website on your bio. Instagram, you can add it on your bio and it gives you a little option where you can just copy and paste and then drop your website link in there. Um, with Facebook, I believe it's your about. And then typically Facebook and Instagram, when someone first hits your profile, they're gonna see your, your website link. Um, as long as you put it in the correct place. Facebook, I believe it's about. With Twitter, it's also in your bio. So when people first hit your Twitter, they're going to see your website link. Um, but I do highly suggest kind of looking within your bio and about. That's where you typically find where to copy and paste your website link. Yeah, and it's important to think about, too, like how users are going to interact with that link. For instance, on Instagram, mm -hmm. if you were to include a link in like the body of a post, it's not gonna do anything for you because users can't actually click on that link. Um, so that's why a lot of times you'll see people post, you know, link in bio when they wanna do a link. And then I would recommend doing something like a link tree where you could have several links like attached to one individual link. So you don't have to change the link that's in your bio, but you can update the options that are on the link, link tree. So that way when you do make those posts, uh, people can easily find what they're looking for. Yes, I completely agree. Sometimes people have things they want to offer, kind of like a give, like a, like a, a, a checklist or whatnot, or kind of like a free resource, a lead magnet that they want to hand out to their audience. Um, so a link tree is a great way to kind of put a, multiple links out there. Cool. All right. So jumping ahead to our last uh, topic, um, we don't have much comment uh, on this <laughs> over here, but we can't help you with this, is to automate your social media strategy. Um, social media is a ton of work. It's, there's really just no like way to sugarcoat it. If you want to do social media, right. And you want to see results, you have to put in the work. Um, and most of us, even us in marketing, no one has time to sit there day after day and post, you know, to each individual channel, very specific things every single day. So we automate it, you know, we can create content, uh, help you create content and then schedule it out to where it's kind of like a set it and forget it sort of thing. You schedule it through a third party platform and then your post for the next week, two weeks, month, whatever you want to do, they're automatically going to get posted for you. Yes, definitely. Adding on to what you just mentioned, um, you know, I, for myself, when I'm creating a social media strategy, there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot you have to consider. Um, you know, some people just, well, I'll just post and there's really no value behind what they're posting. So a few things to take into consideration when you're creating a strategy is who are you talking to? Who is your audience? Um, you know, your target area, you know, what area do they live in? Um, and kind of consider just, you know, kind of like what value do you want to bring to your users? Do you want to entertain them? Do you want to educate them? And kind of, I always just recommend be authentic to who you are and be consistent. And going back to what Jake said, the best way to be consistent is to automize and schedule everything out. Yeah. And we did have a question that came in um, that can kind of tie in with this. Do you think paying for Facebook ads works? Um, I'll give you kind of two answers on this. Yes and no. Uh, the 
the fact of the matter is if you're not setting up your ad correctly, if you're not targeting it correctly, it's not going to get the results that you want. And therefore for you, it may not work. And by for you, I don't mean specifically the user asking this question, but you know, whoever's making the post, it's really important that you understand your audience and you understand who you're trying to reach, especially with Facebook ads. It, they're really dynamic in that it lets you be very specific, the users that you would like your post to get in front of, and then it helps get your post in front of those people. So you have options to either cast a very wide net or you can even cast too like too strict of a net really to where you might only be seen by a thousand people, but those thousand people aren't the correct ones. Or you could be seen by 60,000 people, but those 60,000 aren't the right ones. So it's really a matter of finding that middle ground of, you know, the right people to target that you think are going to really uh, resonate with the type of content that you're actually posting. Agree 100%. Also, um, kind of if you having a very high op optimized Facebook profile, um, so if someone just, if you tend, you know, if off of a Facebook ad, you generate kind of like a, a colder warm lead or whatnot, and, you know, they save your ad and for a future, for future whatnot use um it's always great they're going to check out your profile so it's definitely good that you have all from all of your information of who you are and what you have to offer on there yeah um and a great way to kind of help test this too is start out by boosting posts not necessarily creating specific ads but by boosting posts that have performed well so your organic content that you're creating that you're seeing users engage with quite a bit either have you know, a lot of likes, a lot of comments, a lot of shares, and then you can boost those posts to where those are seen by more people outside of your sphere. And you can start with that. Right. So yes, he's got a little bit of a connection issue. Can't tell if she's talking. No. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, Good now. <laughs> cool. So that's all we have for today. Um, hopefully you guys were able to get some of the uh, some really good knowledge out of this. I really appreciate the questions. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have the like the Facebook stream pulled up separately. I just have the general comments. I'm not sure if that was all one person asking those questions or if it was a few people, whether or not it, if, if it's one or multiple. Thank you. Those are all fantastic questions. Hopefully we're able to answer those well for you guys. Um, this stream will obviously leave on for people to watch uh, later on. So um, if um, we'll check the comment section. So if you do have a question, even after we close the live broadcast, feel free to answer, ask it. And then we'll try to get back to you some way with an answer, whether that's on next week's episode um, or Ellen and Paula. Thank you, Ellen and Paula. Um, so whether that's on next week's episode or maybe we comment on the actual post itself throughout the week, whatever it is, please reach out to us. And then you could always reach marketing with any um, thing you need by that's the wrong number. Wait, is that the right number, Yessie? You, you, you get the text, right? What's the number? Um, yes. The number. Give me a second to get that for you. Not sure if this number on this banner is correct or not. It's all fives. I don't know if that's a placeholder that we created or. Uh, you know what? I'll put it down in the comments. I don't have it all. <laughs> Perfect. No worries. Um, so, yeah, you could, uh, any marketing requests you have, feel free to reach out to us. I know you can email, um, I think it's a uh, we marketing agency at gmail.com. Um, or you can email me specifically or yes, specifically, and we'll get you to the right person. All right. So again, thank you guys for watching and we'll be back next week uh, with a new topic, new guests, 
uh, Monday at 1130. Thanks.